1: La 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 la. Chelsea beat Real Madrid two nothing on the night, three one overall, and make it to the Champions League final. And they'll face Manchester City. We got Jimmy Conrad for a full recap, and we give our way too early predictions for the Champions League final between City and Chelsea. Que begins right now. <laughs> en golocante, la 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 la. Hey. Hey petit, sur les How could you not love golo Cante? Jimmy, Conrad Chelsea, and Thomas tuhole joined the women's Chelsea side and a Champions League final 2-0 on the night against Real Madrid, 3-1 overall. A tremendous performance, and now we have our Champions League final, Man City against Chelsea. But Chelsea, do the business. Jimmy, give me your reactions.
2: Yeah, no big surprise, ultimately. When you look at the two teams and how they're playing and where they are health-wise and in terms of their form, I'm not surprised that Chelsea won. I stayed away from the result, ultimately, when I made my bets because I just didn't know which way this one was going to go. That said, let's just start with Chelsea first. They could be the first club in the history of the sport to have both of their women's and men's teams win the Champions League in the same season, so that's obviously very exciting. A little bit taller of an ask, I think, playing Man City in the final, even if they did beat them in the FA Cup semifinals a couple weeks ago. But Chelsea, I was honestly very disappointed that Pulisic didn't start. I know that Kai Havertz, had a good performance against Fulham on the weekend. But was that enough? A Fulham? Like, full, you're going to compare Fulham with Real Madrid and the guy <laughs> scored in the first leg? I was actually pretty hot about it. And not against. And I guess it wasn't necessarily against Kai Havertz because I could see that his height could prove a difference if they were trying to whip crosses in or, or defending set pieces, attacking set pieces. I just thought, then take out Werner. That guy hasn't been as hot. But, of course, I say that and cue, cue, cue the sad song for me because then Werner scores. Of course, any of us could have scored that, Luis. Uh, just... And really, that whole play was set up by N'Golo Conte. I hear the announcers going, oh, Kai Havertz, great run. Look at Timo Werner, right place, right time. Like, N'Golo Kante's turn out of pressure to then draw in Casemiro and then play around in a move. He's the guy. that He was the catalyst. He set up the whole thing. N'Golo is the guy. You can see it in the back. I had that sign ready to go for HQ today. It wasn't just because of this game. I love N'Golo Kante. I bought his jersey for a reason, and he proved me right again today. He is better than your favorite player. That's what I just tweeted out.
1: It's why we started this uh, show, to sing his song. He is an absolute global gem. If you don't love N'Golo Kante, there's something wrong with you. I don't care if you're a Chelsea fan or not. And he completely disrupted play. I mean, the second goal, the Pulisic assist, was because N'Golo Kante took the ball away, uh, you know, just for the halfway line, uh, gave it to Pulisic, a great hesitation, and then he found Havertz. And to be honest with you, you know, Chelsea could have had more as well. They, 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 they missed a few chances. Chelsea looked very, very good. And Real Madrid, like we predicted, uh, at least I thought, so I know that you did. It's it's this Thomas Tuchel side doesn't give you anything. It doesn't give you anything. Uh, that's why the Man City semi final game in the FA Cup was boring because they didn't give Man City anything. That's why since the West Brom debacle, the 5-2, they've really learned the lesson and only conceded three goals in eight games. That's why they're so good. And I, I just tweeted a, a little stat here, Jimmy. When Lampard left Chelsea, they were ninth in the table. 11 points from the top. Lowest win percentage of any manager under Abramovich uh, era, aside from AVB. Under Frank Lampard, Chelsea had conceded more goals per game than in any season in the last 23 years. The last one was like 1998 with Ruud Hulland. Now Thomas Tuchel has them fourth, possibly third, in the FA Cup final. And now the Champions League final its remarkable, a remarkable turnaround, to be honest.
2: I think sometimes there are situations where things just make sense. And the timing of Thomas Tuchel, who probably had run his course with the personalities and the way it was set up at PSG, he's been known to bristle with front office. And that might end up happening here after some more time and and, uh, all the, let's say, the I don't know, the, the confetti falls to the ground. What, what, they're going to do something. I think they're going to win one of these competitions. I, my bet is FA Cup for sure, and and they'll get top four. So that in itself is a success. And we'll see in the Champions League final. I just think beating Man, this Man City twice in the same season, whew, that feels like a tall order. We'll leave that for another discussion. I actually want to talk about Real Madrid really quick with all the, the, the praise that we should be lavishing on, on Chelsea. I thought Zidane's tactics in both of these games were wrong. He tried to match the the same formation that Chelsea were in, and it just didn't work. His team, sure, they could look back at a few different results and say, oh, they've tried this formation before. They just didn't look comfortable. When you have Nacho building out, I mean, Chelsea purposely gave those guys the ball. Sure, give it to Militao. Give it to Nacho, who's a right footer on the left side. Let those guys build out. And then when we do get the ball, let's force Vinicius Jr. to defend. I mean, Vinicius Jr. was basically a defender in this past game, and I just didn't understand the tactics at all. And, and then he starts and Hazard, who doesn't have any minutes, and, and then starts taking out his two highest goal scorers after that. A second after Benzema is Vinicius and Casemiro. And those guys get subbed out before Hazard, who I actually didn't think Hazard played too poorly. It's just, you know, you run into a Chelsea team that that just really stifles attacks. Hazard, I thought, turned out of some good situations, but then he runs into that. If he gets out of that one spot, he then runs into another guy and another guy and another guy. And I just didn't think there was enough players in the attacking third for Madrid to really generate any meaningful attacks. Sure, they got in and around. And sure, Mendy made a few saves. Most of it was from distance or that one header by Benzema in the first half. But ultimately, Chelsea do a very good job, to your point, Luis, that you just it, it, they make it very difficult for you to get good looks at goal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some really good points there. Uh, I think that Real Madrid played the classic, you know, when you play like five, five on five, like an indoor game or whatever, and when the opponent has one player who like, it's okay if they have the ball, just, it's fine. Like, just let them have it. We'll f-. that your point about Nacho and like who, who to fuck Chelsea were like, it's fine, give it to them. And they completely intoxicated the middle. And, and when you look at the stats, by the way, Real Madrid had nearly 70% possession, but Chelsea had more shots. I think that tells you the story right there. Mm-hmm where it was a lot of passive trying to figure out where to attack, where to penetrate the lines, but Chelsea controlled everything. And uh, by the way, two shout outs, one to Edward Mendy, who had a tremendous first half, oh, he, a little quieter in the second, but like he really, uh, you know, stood up tall uh, wh- when it counted first the Kareem Benzema long shot. And then the other one, the Kareem Benzema header as well. He was very good. And Antonio Rudiger, by the way, I would venture to say, obviously we know what Thiago Silva brings to the table, but Antonio Rudiger is- Definitely Chelsea's best defender I to me this season, like just tremendous, tremendous. And I think it's just a perfect example. You mentioned Tujol and PSG, just when the chemistry just matches mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. team, the squad, the players, they were waiting for a manager like Thomas Tujol to go in there and kind of be like a school teacher and be like, this is how we're going to do it. And you will believe in what I say. And when you believe we will make it happen. And everything has projected into that. And it's a fantastic win.
2: Yeah, it was a great win. And yeah, to get back to that point, I just think the timing was right. I think Chelsea, Chelsea were looking, they had the talent. They just needed to get organized in a way that could allow them to have success. Now this is okay. So, so Thomas Tuchel has, has managed 24 games for Chelsea. This is the 21st game where there's been under two and a half goals <laughs> that that's incredible to me. The ones that were over, they beat Sheffield United two to one. They should beat Sheffield United two to one, right? So UK, they beat Crystal Palace four to one. And then they had that bit of an anomaly where they're up one zero, got a red card to Thiago Silva and lost to West Brom five to two. Those are the only three games where there's more than two and a half goals. It really speaks to, and I say that not just from a betting com- comparison. And I'm sure you guys will start to think about that as we start to preview the Champions League final over the next few weeks. I just feel like it just they've got an identity and and I think it's really important that we also say that they bought into it quite early. 100%. And, and, and I think one of the big things that he did was that he gave a, a lot of control and power to some older players on the team that were running things in the back, were extensions of him on the field. So you have a Rudiger who's a German, Tuchel's German. As Aspilicueta, obviously captain, people are gonna listen, he's gonna do the work, such an honest worker, works his tail off every single game. You had Tiago Silva already, he was your captain at PSG. So you have these real steady rocks in the back that, that are sound and they know what the game should look like and they're gonna hold people accountable. And put people in good spots. And all Tuchel really had to do is come in and say, hey, listen, this is the framework. I promise you this is going to work. And as it started to work, their belief became bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, to your point about the shots versus possession, when I coach, I try to tell my team, just because we don't have the ball doesn't mean we're not in control. We can always still be in control of it. So we can still shape the play to a certain player. Sure, let's let, let's if any player is gonna beat us on Madrid, let it be Militao. And if he does you know, fair play to the guy. If all of a sudden Militao turns into Franz Beckenbauer, or you know, somebody that's going to bomb forward, or whatever it may be, uh, or or is it going to be Nacho? Fine. If somehow these guys pull some magic out of their butts, then then fair play to them. Hat tip. But we're not going to let it be Benzema. We're not going to let it be Eden Hazard. It's not going to be Cruz, or Modric or any of those guys. We're going to lock those guys down and just let the their quote unquote weaker players try to beat us, and they just can't. They're just not good enough. And this Madrid team, they're aging, they're not healthy. They're not 100%. And in some ways, they should be commended for getting to this point. I just didn't like Zidane's tactics. He should have just stuck with the 4-3-3. Let Vinicius play higher up the field. If Benzema got it, and I'd like to see the heat map, I don't think he got the ball all that much in meaningful spots in the attacking player. I don't remember it. Yeah, or he'd have his back to goal, right? He'd just get it and play it back because he wanted to touch it. I get it. Yeah, But Vinicius is so far, the disconnection between him, him and, and Benzema was ridiculous. Then you got Furlan Mendy, who's actually probably closer to Benzema for a good portion of the first half than Vinicius, who's like tracking Chilwell the whole time. I just, I didn't. And there were I
1: huge I, gaps, I, Jimmy, as well. Huge Defensively, gaps. huge gaps allowing Werner and Havertz to come in. It was just, it was very weird, actually, because Sedan is usually very good at that. He's usually a, a good manager at least adapting during the game.
2: Why not? Why not, Mendy? Your normal left back playing left back. Why not Sergio Ramos, who did look a little tired and definitely not fit? He did not look very sharp. No. Uh, and, then, and then you put Militao next to him, who's been very good. And then you just save Nacho if you need him. And then put Fede Valverde at right back. The guy who runs up and down. He's a ty- I know he hasn't been playing as much either, but you know he's got the engine. Put Vinicius higher up the field. You have your, your solid midfield of Cruz, Modric, and, and Casemiro. You have Hazard. Fine, fine. You want to roll him out for 45 minutes, 60 minutes? Go for it. But then you're going to bring on Asensio. I would have started Asensio, though. And then Benzema. Uh, up top, I, just go with that that formation that's been working for you for most of the season. Instead, you go to these three center backs and, and Tuchel's like, <laughs> Tuchel must have been laughing. Thank you very much for trying to match our formation. Yeah, because he because, left so
1: many holes. Yeah. It was just crazy. Absolutely yeah, Chel- crazy. Chelsea's
2: better in that formation than Madrid. And that's what we saw today. We saw a team that's a little bit better than the other team.
1: Yeah. And to your point, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, what you tell your team. When I used to co- coach high school soccer, I used to tell my team almost a similar thing. Control. Possession doesn't mean control. Possession doesn't mean control. It means mm-hmm. maybe controlling the ball, maybe having the ball, but it doesn't mean controlling the game. And I think Thomas Tuhole is the perfect example of this. To him, control is about making sure what your job is when you don't have a ball, when you do have the ball, and working together as a collective unit. A fantastic victory. And now, Um, a Champions League final, joining the women's team, as you mentioned, an FA Cup final, in fourth, possibly third, you never know. But, you know, uh, uh, all of this, by the way, uh, as you mentioned, and keeping everybody happy. I mean, we don't know what Tammy Abraham is thinking or Olivia Giroud, but you could tell that the squad is buying this, what he's selling. And and clearly it's paying
2: off. Well, even if they're not, right? If you're one of those players, and I've been on the bench before, I remember coming back from an injury and when I came back, I was supposed to be a starting center back back in the day under Frank Yallop with the Quakes and all this stuff, and then I got hurt. I broke my foot, and when I returned to the team, the team was on a seventeen-game unbeaten streak or something.
1: You can argue I, it.
2: I came in in game eight, so so yeah. Even if I'm the pissed player uh, on on the sideline, who's gonna I'm, the dude got us into the Champions League final. We're in the FA Cup final. We're I mean he's pushing all the right buttons, and, and though I will say I'm still pissed that Pulisic didn't start. And every time there was a missed chance, I got like, oh, Pulisic would have scored that. And then people are like, oh, look at Werner scored." I'm like, dude, my grandma could have scored from there. Yeah, and everybody had their, their lump in their throat. Cause they thought that it was possible because of his form, Timo Werner might've missed that now. Yeah. Does it help
1: though, Jimmy? Does it help that Kai Havertz kind of looks like Pulisic? And if if you squinted your eyes, all these white boys look alike to me. They all look exactly the same. Well, it's
2: because they go with like that little curly hair poop at the (laughs) the beginning. I don't know what's going on with that hair. Pulisic should have
1: kept a fake beard, I guess, instead of that.
2: I mean, you can see the sauce that Pulisic has when he comes on the field. No, absolutely. I mean, of course, His it's against it yeah, 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 yeah. But no, uh,
1: it was great. It was great. But I think we we should end it with N'Golo Kante. Just what? What? I mean, uh, when Benj was here for the preview, we said he's the kind of player that it feels like you have another one right next to. Like he's just everywhere. He's such. He's the epitome of a team player, of a leader, somebody that just does everything for you and you know chelsea very lucky to have him just like france when they won the world cup as well
2: i think the best way for me to describe him why i bought one of his jerseys is that he does the thankless work but he's not looking for thanks he's not looking for any acclaim he's willing to do it if you want him to play up front yeah okay he'll do the best that he possibly can you need him to play in the back he'll do the same he never complains he'll go and he goal not, for you Honest it doesn't th- matter he will go and goal he'll do whatever it takes to help the team win and he doesn't complain about it he's not looking for anything else he might be one of the most humblest players that I have, I've ever seen. I think the Honestly. humblest,
1: I think the humblest, I know, I, I've never listened. If there's one thing that we can all agree in the game, analysts, pundits, fans is that everybody likes N'Golo Kante. You may not like when you face him and you may get frustrated, but you like him every he's so because you, he, he, he just gives you that respect. Like you said, he'll do the job for you and he doesn't need anything it's, else. After that,
2: it's funny, even when he tackles people, it feels like a respectful tackle. <laughs> and I the player I that I, got
1: tackled is like, you know what? That's uh, awesome, <laughs> N'Golo
2: Conte. Yeah, it's it's like you can see some malice in other tackles, right? You yeah. can see, you know, somebody throwing that little extra elbow when they tackle, or giving that little stomp at the end, or that follow through when you don't need to do it. I have never seen a play like that from N'Golo Conte. I don't see him get frustrated. You you'd see him walking down the street, and you would never think, just based on how he's carrying himself, that that guy's a World Cup winner that he's won the premier league, that he's been the, the league player of the year. You just wouldn't know. A- yeah. And uh, yeah. Wow. And what a special human being. And, and uh, I'm a big fan.
1: Yeah. God, I wish he was on my team. Amazing. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Jimmy and I are going to give you our very too early initial gut reactions and preview analysis for the champions league as Man City face Chelsea. And all Premier League finals. Stay right here. Diego Lazo. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Que lasso, our Champions League Wednesday recap, but this is now our official first super too early analysis on the Champions League final as Man City play Chelsea and all Premier League final. The last time that happened was not too long ago, 2019 with Liverpool and And Jimmy and I know too well how boring that was. I was
2: there. That was uh, my only chance. I was buzzing to be there and it was boring.
1: You, you have to get woken up. I think it's it's just, it it, it was bad. It it was bad. bad. So Jimmy, let's talk about this game. Uh, Just obviously super early, but we, we already saw the blueprint. We've seen it in the Premier League and the FA Cup as well. So we have an idea. We have a concept of what we think this game is, but maybe not maybe the champions league final will provide a different narrative, especially I think more from a man city perspective. I think I know what we're going to get with Chelsea. And I know that we usually know what we're going to get with man city, but after what Pep Guardiola went through specifically in the FA cup semifinal with Chelsea. i wonder if he's going to have a different uh, rabbit to pull out of his hat. What do you think?
2: So man city, every time they've lost this season, they've always won the next game. There's never been a draw. There hasn't been another loss. It's always a win. And that speaks volumes, I think, to the character of the team. that they don't feel sorry for themselves for too long. They make their little minor adjustments, and then they go on and then dominate you for the next <laughs> three months <laughs> until they lose again. Right. For Chelsea, and I said this a little bit earlier, for them to beat this Manchester City team twice in the same season would be nothing short of amazing, especially given that they had a coaching change in the middle of it. That's where I'm going to start. And because of that, and because now they have those 90 minutes, Pep Guardiola and his staff, to really dissect. Now, he made a lot of changes ahead of that FA Cup semi semifinal. Kevin De Bruyne got hurt in that one relatively early. He's going to be That's there, true. obviously. I mean, there's there's a couple things. Zach Steffen was in goal. Zach Steffen probably could have done a little bit better on the goal that, that zX scored when he got caught in no man's land. That's the inexperience potentially of him and the unfamiliarity with his defenders and playing with Zach Steffen in meaningful games. Now they just won the league cup with Zach Steffen. So I think that's probably turned things around in terms of that, that, that said, Edison's going to be playing in this one. And Edison just has that experience and and that trust and rapport with his players after many years of having success. So Edison's going to start that automatically changes things. You're going to have your, your best 11 players out there. And that's going to be a little bit different than what Chelsea saw. What's interesting. And I saw it today against Real Madrid, there were a lot of times the ball went wide and where Chelsea will give you some of that space. If you try to beat them, and I saw it, Vinicius would go and he'd cut in and he'd take Chilwell on. He would look up and there was nobody to combine with. Eden Hazard might be off the top of the box at, in this particular game, Sure, you could play it square, but you're not really damaging Chelsea, right? They do a very good job of okay, you can have the ball square, but we're not gonna let you break the lines either with a run or a pass. There was always another one or two guys. Vinicius to look up, you could see his frustration. Finally, when he actually got to play forward and not have to defend the whole time. Benzema was alone in an island. I, I there was one time where Vinicius did whip a ball in. There was three guys, or it was Modric. Modric whipped the ball in and there was three Chelsea players and not one, Madrid. And yeah. nobody around. And so my issue is that Man City does that a lot too because of their false nine. That said, Man City are built to play like that. They're comfortable without having somebody in the box. They want to break you down in certain ways. They are going to draw you out of space to, to try to create that next numerical advantage one line higher, right? So that's going to be the challenge. But when you have a Jorginho, who I thought was very solid today, and an N'Golo Conte, and, and whoever he elects to play in midfield above those two, you know, they're going to have some work to do. but. It's going to be tight. I mean, it's going to be under two and a half goals. I'll just give you my early wager right now. What the, what the exotic is going to be that I'm going to attach to it, I'm not sure. But it would be really it's hard for me to believe that City will lose twice to the same team in one season.
1: Yeah, I'm leaning I'm that to way there. too. Yeah, no, I'm leaning that way too. And I think, listen, we got to remember something. In that FA Cup, semi final game Man City played with a number nine, Gabriel Jesus started. Okay, yeah. Phil Foden didn't come in until later. Gundogan didn't come in until later. Uh, Stones wasn't part of it at all. Sinchenko wasn't part of it at all. Rian Maris, uh, who had a great fixture when the two-legged affair with PSG didn't play at all. You mentioned Ederson, of course. He had De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, who hasn't been at his best. I think we can say, it's fair to say. Ferran Torres as well. So it's going to be a different outlook.
2: Uh, So so fun fact, I'm just looking at the schedule. Man City plays Chelsea this weekend at the Etihad. So (laughs) we're going to get a little preview, baby. Let's go. Oh my goodness. So what do you do? Because if City win that game, they win the league. So it's not like it's a throwaway game. They're going to probably try to roll out their best. But if I'm Pep, do I really want to show my best hand when the Champions League finals a couple weeks later? I love the intrigue of this, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. um, And then, you know, if you want to hear more Man City, Chelsea, we're going to have it in the weekend preview. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if Pep Guardiola cares too much at this point about you know showing a different hand, I just I think he has multiple hands to give and he'll figure it out but I think it's the same for Thomas Tuchel he's he's that smart I think obviously we'll see a rotation from what we saw this today uh, as we speak from the Champions League the win against Real Madrid but yeah we're going to see we're going to have a lot a lot a lot of evidence to see what we're going to get I'm hoping it's not I'm with you it's not going to be more than two and a half goals but I'm hoping there are goals in the Champions League fight, just for the neutral but It's going to be difficult just because Tuchel and Chelsea are just so good. And Man City don't mind decapitating you bit by bit. So I don't, you know, it's going to be interesting. All right. Well, okay. Well, let's do this then.
2: I don't know if I'm ready to make a prediction, but go for it. So actually I'll say this. If if Chelsea, if Chelsea scores for uh, the first goal, obviously is going to be very important. If Chelsea goes for scores first, I think it'll go into extra time. I think City will work their way back. And and then <laughs> coin flipping it from there. But if City score first, I think they go on to win the game. Cause I I we haven't really seen Chelsea have to get out of their shell too much throughout this, right? They usually stake that lead or they're just gonna hold on to that zero and they're just gonna zero zero their way into it. And I think we talked about it when when Porto and Chelsea got drawn, I that was like that was the one matchup I like, Well, who's gonna zero zero their way to the final? And Chelsea essentially did that. I mean, they're... Yeah, they're,
1: Porto won the second leg. <laughs> that's true. That's so,
2: true. So, I mean, it's, it's it's there for the taking. And and if City score first, though, I think they can win it in regulation. But if Chelsea score first, I think it could go to extra time. And then from there, maybe penalties and penalties. Well, that, that, that was great. my... That,
1: that's my initial way too early prediction. It's mm-hmm. go, this is going to go to penalties. My initial got way too early, slow down, Luis Miguel, what are you doing, is it's going to go to penalties. I feel... Chelsea are going to score first, but Man City will figure it out and then we'll go into extra time and it'll go back and forth and then it'll go into penalties. But that's my super early prediction. I, and to your point, we still have another game uh, to look ahead to and see what what they do there as well. So it's it's like a game of chess. You're just going to figure out how many times they play each other and, and figure it out. But it's going to be remarkable uh, regardless of that. And by the way, we might have an all Premier League Europa League final too. So we'll see what happens there.
2: Unbelievable. <laughs>
1: Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much. Final thoughts, brother, before we say goodbye.
2: No, I'm excited for this final and obviously for this weekend because I think to what you just said, there are going to be some chess match pieces flying around and we'll see if there's any changes. Both teams actually need to win. One this weekend, Chelsea wins to try to solidify top four and Man City will just want to win the Premier League as soon as possible. But a lot can happen in two weeks. People can get hurt. Form can change. So I think the Champions League final will obviously be its own. Uh, standalone uh, game that we can preview. But that was a lot of fun. Uh, the Champions League has been next level. All these match days have been crazy. And I couldn't have imagined doing it with anyone but you, Luis.
1: Uh, Jimmy, I completely concur, my brother. You are my Angolo Kante. I,
2: I... <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You're, you're my Jorginho, apparently. They were like boom,
1: this. boom. Yeah. <laughs> N'Golo, N'Golo Conrad. I love it. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much,
2: brother. All right. Thank you.
1: Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolaso Pod, Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We are also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolaso, cbssports.com, and the CBS Sports app as well. You can tune in and listen to every episode before, and of course, more plenty to come, including Europa League and our weekend preview. Have a great, great rest of your day.